0: I'm Sandra Hayes-Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast. A podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. This episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast is kindly sponsored by Rainbow Crescent. Rainbow Crescent is an online store specialising in uplifting products with the aim of putting a smile on people's faces. Visit www.rainbowcrescent.ie for more or follow along on Instagram at Rainbow Crescent. On this week's episode, I am joined by Shelley Mack. Shelley is better known as a Well Woman Health Coach, and she helps new mums to return to exercise with confidence. She is a fitness, nutrition, and Pilates coach, as well as a pre- and postnatal specialist. During our chat, we discussed all things postpartum, maternal mental health, and Shelley's own experience of that postpartum period. Shelley, you are so welcome to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Sandra, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be on chatting to you. So for any of our listeners who are not familiar with yourself, could you give us a little insight into who you are and what you're all about? Um. So my
1: name is Shelley Mack. I am known as a Well Woman Health Coach. I am a women's fitness and nutrition and plares coach, and I have kind of dedicated this this season of my career to helping new mums to recover, to restore and rebuild their strength, their fitness and their confidence after welcoming their beautiful little babies. Um, I've been working in the fitness industry for 15 years now, so kind of what I do now looks different to what I did 15 years ago. Um, I'm a mum of three now, which is kind of why there's been such a shift and such a change in what I do. So I have a little seven-year-old girl, Jessie. I have a little boy, Keelan, who's five. And then the baby, the family, Rosie Mae, who just turned one. So... I suppose when I started out in the fitness industry, I literally, this is literally all I've ever done. This is all I've ever known. Total different kind of outlook on what health and fitness looked like 15 years ago compared to in the past number of years. And I suppose since I've had my own kids, I had such a shift, such a change in how I viewed what health and wellness was. And I've always had a very, very balanced approach to, to it. But when I became a mom, I was like, Oh, my God, the the goalposts have kind of shifted a little bit from, you know, go hard or go home to, okay. we just want to move my body and I want to get the most out of it and the best out of it. But I remember when I had my first child seven years ago, I was going, this is great. You know, I was able to continue exercising, everything like that. But I had this lightbulb moment of how do other women do it? Like, how do how are other mums? taking care of themselves I had to because or I got to because I was doing it as part of work but then I was like how are other women fitting in time to heal their bodies recover their bodies when everything else is going on and then they're going back to their regular day jobs which doesn't involve doing exercise and things like that so I did a kind of complete not complete 180 it's been a kind of a gradual shift to really focusing and honing in on new mums in particular because I just feel it's such from my own experience as a new mum you're in such an incredibly vulnerable position I actually get a little bit upset thinking about it um you're in such a, a, an incredibly vulnerable position when you become a new mum and when I say new mum I don't just mean a new mum first time mum I think every time you birth the baby you become a new mum you're you're a different mum to what you were before um and I think especially in that first six months definitely year especially after having or after welcoming your baby Um, Everything is changing. Everything has changed. You physically have changed. Mentally things are changing. Logistically things have changed. And what I've noticed so much in the past number of years, and this is kind of why I've gone this direction, is everyone's there to mind the baby, but there's nobody there to mind mum. And I suppose that's why I have changed my outlook and changed and who I kind of want to serve and who I want to help for that very, very reason.
0: Fantastic, and you touched on it there that you know there when there's new mums a lot of the time the question that gets asked is, "Oh, and how is the baby doing?" And nobody will actually ask, "And how are you doing?" Yes, and yes. like it's very very rare that somebody will actually even think to ask that because it all it is all about the excitement of a new baby and all the rest. But and like I totally understand that, but I can definitely resonate with you know the fact that a lot of people will overlook asking the mother how they're doing or you know there won't be that priority put on the mother even in like I suppose medical settings as well and I know you've touched on this on your Instagram you know once during pregnancy the focus is totally on you and how you're doing and how you're feeling and all the rest of it because obviously they need to check up on baby as well as as mum but then as soon as the baby is born it's all about the baby it's all about how the baby is doing it's all the baby's checkups yeah and there's very little done to check on the mother and how they're doing now there are some doctors who are brilliant at it who will who will during those baby check-ins check on the mother but it's not necessarily part of the system and yeah. i think you know it's something that you have highlighted on your page I, i've i've seen you you know the posts that you've put up and everything and i think that's really important for people to to see that there is someone like yourself acknowledging that and I suppose, why is it so important for you to help other, you know, other mothers um, to look after their own well-being? Why is that so important to you?
1: Um, Well, I've always been at the viewpoint that our physical and our mental health are completely intertwined. I don't think there's any way that we can separate them. And if we are not here taking care of ourselves physically, then there is going to be a mental knock on effect. So I am not I am not a mental health guru at all at all. Um and when it comes to that, I talk about it from my own experience and from the experience of the of the women that I get to help. But why is it so important i I highlighted i, I you mentioned there in the first year of a baby's life. so in the first twelve months, a baby will have i think it's eleven official checkups, developmental checks, check-ins with their doctor official and obviously they are tiny that's they absolutely need every single one of those. But a mum will have one, just one at six weeks. And when I put this out there on Instagram and from talking to my own friends and my own clients, the consensus is that one checkup is an absolute farce. It's an absolute joke. Ninety nine percent of women are saying that six week checkup. When we go in, we bring our beautiful baby in for their six week checkup. Baby is checked over thoroughly and we literally get a. And you're all right yourself then. are Yeah, like I like my my experience even on my third was doctor hand on the door to leave I was struggling to get my baby Been woken twice she was screaming I was trying to get her back in her baby grow I was bent over trying to literally had my back to him and he literally had his hand in the door and just said and you're you're doing you're you're doing all right yourself yeah as if to say right okay you're fine I've got to go there like Mm -hmm. it's just I feel it's just not good enough it's just and I suppose I don't want to come on and rant, but it's it's one of the big reasons why, like I work with mums on an online basis and I also work face to face. I do mum and baby Pilates and in those classes and in those groups, we always have the chats. The chats are always a big thing at the end. And I like to use that time to bring up the stuff that sometimes are not spoken about. So we talk about our maternal mental health, what feels what is normal, what is common, what is where we need to start seeking out help Um we talk about the physical aspects that aren't spoken about oh, I, I I, just I can feel myself laughing because I remember at the end of one of my last terms we were talking about physical aspects I was like we should just talk all this class sweats and pilates because we're to, or, sweats and piles because we were like nobody talks about the postpartum sweats or nobody talks about the piles um, but that's kind of I suppose when it comes to working with mums I feel like I've now have three kids when I had my first I was very slow to talk about what was happening or what was going on because I didn't know if it was normal I didn't know what was normal and I felt that I should know it all and I should have it all together and I should be able because everyone said, you'll be great, you'll be great mother, you'll be flying it, you'll be fantastic, you'll be bouncing back afterwards and the reality wasn't that but I felt I couldn't really voice those concerns because I felt like everyone felt, oh you should be grand. Like after my, when I had my first, and it's only when I look back I suppose, um, I, my first, I was, I'm the youngest of four kids but I, I didn't have any nieces or nephews at the time, I had never really been around kids, you know, I had I'd no experience really, I had no experience at all, not even really. Um, And when I had our little girl, like it was so amazing, was absolutely fantastic. But when I look back, I would have thought at the time we hear about maternal mental health and we hear about postnatal depression. So I was of the impression that you either had postnatal depression or you were fine. And I was at the time being like, I know I don't have postnatal depression, so I must be fine. Even though I knew I felt absolutely, so incredibly overwhelmed. I felt so anxious about everything, but I was still going, I know I don't have postnatal depression, so I must be fine. I just need to batter on. I just need to carry on. But what I recognise now is that our mental health after having a baby, it, it's like any time, it's a spectrum. This is my own opinion. I feel it's a spectrum that you may um, be along the lines of having postnatal depression where you need that extra assistance, you need support, that more support, or mm. you might be fine. But then there's this whole spectrum in the middle where you may land. And you may land on that spectrum at different points depending on the day, the week or the time. And I know now that I was very, very anxious at the time and I would have been like a duck, you know, one of those, you know, yeah, everything's fine, everything's grand, we're padding frantically underneath. Mm-hmm. Our little girl had colic. Um Uh, So she would scream for it was up to seven or eight hours every single day solid. Mm. And at the time, you know, we would, you know, I broach with nurses or medical professionals and I'd get the head tilt. Oh, yeah. Colic. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, right. Obviously, everyone deals with this. That's fine. But when I look back, I was so anxious because of that whenever I would whenever somebody would hold her all I could think was oh my god she's going to be more windy now she's going to scream even more later on or if somebody wanted to you know I was bottle feeding somebody fed her a bottle I'd be like oh my god they're tilting it a different way and now she's going to scream even more and I when she was you know that in the height of it I I kind of saw that as a reflection of my ability as a mother it was like well, she's screaming all the time. So clearly, I'm doing something wrong. Clearly, I'm not a good mother. But I couldn't say that. I felt I couldn't say that. It was. Mm-hmm. It was. I was like, oh, people will know that I'm a terrible mother now because my baby doesn't act the way other babies do and whatnot. And it was just. It was just a really, really anxious time. Um, and that went on for three months. But that that kind of feeling of anxiousness continued, and it lasted. And it was very much because I felt that everyone else seemed to know what they were doing and seemed to have their stuff together and I just felt oh my god I'm the only one in this position um so from a from a mental health point of view while I don't think I needed extra assistance I definitely needed an outlet or more of a support from family from friends and things like that and they probably wouldn't have known at the time because I was all oh it's fine it's fine it's grand Mm -hmm. but this time around, when you once we, we had our third baby, I was very much like, reach out for any sport that I can, reach out, no matter what it was in relation to. And I was much better better able also to advocate for myself and advocate for my baby if something if I didn't feel something was right, if I felt that I was given an answer that I wasn't happy with, I was very much like, no, nah, I you know, I'm gonna go on again and I'm gonna search somewhere else or or whatever it might be. So from my experience of having kind of first versus third that's where when i'm working with women now i'm like i don't want other women to have to go through this i don't want to have have them to feel that they need to be doing certain things or looking a certain way or whatever it might be because it's not the reality it's just like instagram you know fanciful kind of thing that we see um and i want to be able to kind of just bring it back to base a little bit for women to kind of go do you know what it is hard because it is hard. It feels hard because it is hard. And you are a perfect mother because you're the perfect mother for your baby. That doesn't mean being this perfect Instagram-worthy mother that we see. It's you are the perfect mother for your baby, exactly the way you are. And having giving women the the uh, the the outlet that they need to kind of voice concerns. And that's why, like, when I love when I do the mom and baby platy's classes that you'll see the first week, everyone's quite quiet. And by the second or third week, people are just like, ah, my baby does this, or I've done that, or, you know, what, what have you done? And it's lovely to have that support from people around you, like to create a really, really nice supportive environment, an open environment that people do feel that they can they can just say what's on their minds. And I'm very much at the top of the class going, I have absolutely no filters now, and I am happy to tell you exactly how I feel or exactly the way it is. Um, but that's what's really kind of that's what really uh, i just love that feeling when you have somebody approach you after a class and say do you know what i physically i was having some issues and then like and i've had this where i have i would speak uh, a lot about pelvic floor health about physical issues after having a, a baby and i've had women come up going i've booked in with my doctor i've booked in with the women's health physio because of what you said i just thought I would just have to carry on and that's the way it was and it's lovely when you get that that feeling that you're like somebody else does not have to go through some of those physical things that they potentially could have just carried on with or you know when we have those chats about the the mental side or the mental load of, of motherhood and you have people kind of you can see their eyes opening going oh, it's not just me and, and that's I suppose that's what really really lights me up when it comes to doing
0: the work that I do yeah, you, you touched on it there as well, like the lighting up in in the eyes of when you realize that it's, it's you know, the same for somebody else or somebody else is going through something similar to what you were, because it can be so isolating as well. You know, especially if you're at home with your baby, you know, you're on, on maternity leave or whatever it is, and you're suddenly thrust into the situation where you have, you know, your firstborn or maybe like, as you said, you become a new mom every time you have a kid, yeah. because then, like if you're having your second now you're suddenly the mother of two children and you're having to learn how to balance things there or like yourself, a third child you know which again you're having to juggle everything you have three kids now to to balance your your load with but you know obviously a newborn re- requires so much extra attention and trying to balance that with you know be paying attention to your other children and their needs and you know giving them the time with you and it can be so overwhelming and like to just to acknowledge that it happens to other people as well because it can feel very very lonely when you're going through that at home and you know like you said you log on to social media and this is something that has we've touched on in a number of previous episodes as well you know, the perfect life that is sometimes depicted on social media, the perfect house, the perfect car, car, the perfect life, the perfect kids and everything is perfect. And, you know, nothing, nothing bad ever happens. Whereas actually what you're seeing on social media is these carefully curated boxes highlight like very much a highlight reel of someone's life. You've no idea what's going on in the background. And, you know, even, I think the pictures of the perfect houses a lot of the time can be um, quite triggering. for some <laughs> people, I know, it did for me for a long time. Like, Where's the mess? But like is the mess it? could be behind the mess could be behind the camera, and it's just that stuff has been moved for this, you know, lovely, you know, neat and tidy house picture that goes up on on Instagram. But I suppose it. it in learning that it happens to other people, that other people are overwhelmed, that other people are going through, I suppose, the difficulties or the challenges or whatever it might be of being a new mum to one baby or to multiple. Um, I suppose there's comfort in that. And also it can really help to kind of, I suppose, ease some of the overwhelm that, OK, I'm not doing it wrong. It's This is not a, you know, this is not a me problem. I'm not I'm not wrong in feeling like this. Because there can be like, I suppose, this very negative thought process that goes with the overwhelm. And, you know, like, this is my fault or I'm useless. I'm a bad mother. You you know, you touched on it there. All those things that could be like, spiraling around in your head. You don't want to voice them. But suddenly somebody else says they're going through something similar. And then I think if it helps to lessen those thoughts that, oh, I'm not a terrible mother. Other people are going through this as well. And you know, this is not a, this is not me doing things wrong. This this is the way it is for a lot of people.
1: Yeah, and I think it's not even um, it's not even a lot of. I think at some point, every every single mum will go through different aspects and is, is like problem shared is problem had it's definitely when you hear like I know I've had friends and I'm like wow they're crushing it like they're unreal and then they'll as you say they'll say something that you're like oh my god no you're you're kind of winging it as well this makes me feel so much better and it does I think we you know we talk about after having kids the village and we know now that the village is looks a lot different now to what it did 30 40 years ago and it's like we have to try and cr- curate a village for ourselves and that is tricky at times to say the least and that's why I do like you know when you do have the chance to meet face to face or meet online like I know I've met a wonderful group of women like yourself Sandra and it's all been online and while it's not ideal obviously we would love to have people around us all the time there are ways and a means sometimes your tribe are not the people who you originally thought would be your tribe So you might have the most amazing friends, but if they're in a different season of life, that is okay. You will find your tribe. And your tribe doesn't have to consist of 40, 50 people. It might be just one or two people who can be at the end of the phone to just say, I'm I'm just having, having a really rough day. And when you find that person or those people who you can open up and say that to, it's like, it's such a weight off your shoulders to just say it out loud. I know what me, when I get very overwhelmed everything just stays in my head absolutely everything and a part of me is like how are people functioning around me like when there's so much going on but you nobody can see it obviously but if you have that one or two people to just have that little release it makes it really does make the world a difference it really really does but like that when you have your baby no matter which baby it is I suppose one of the biggest things I struggled with initially especially was that real change of identity like I would have you know when I had my first baby I was I had my own studio I was very very strong very fit very everything and I a lot of my identity was based around being this very fit athletic person and all of a sudden I had my baby and I was like I wasn't working for a few months and I was like well who am I now you know I, I am a mother but what am I outside of being a mother and I found that 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 transition so so hard and also when we talk about like the physical recovery and and that sense of identity when I was pregnant with all my pregnancies I trained right through and um, it, it's just part of who I am and I was very lucky and grateful to be able to do it but I remember my first in particular that like people were and they were obviously looking back they were just saying it as little 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 phrases they were like oh my god you'll be running down from CUMH, you'll be, uh, you know, you'll be doing burpees coming out of the labour ward, you know, all very much, you know, in relation to like how I was training beforehand that I bounce back and I say that with a little air quotes. And I remember, you know, laughing at the time, but I remember when she was born then, and I'm talking days afterwards going after quite a, quite a, I'm not saying a traumatic birth, but quite a a, a crazy little birth, birth finish. But I remember almost internalising those comments then saying, well, people have said I, I should be able to, you know, start training straight away and I should be able to do this and that. So I, I probably should. And I did my first I look back, Sandra, and I absolutely cringe. I did my first training session when my baby was 10 days old. I was after a 25 hour labor, an episiotomy, stitches, and I did a training session. I 15 minutes, not not this big, long thing. But it was, I got this weird thing in my head that I, it wasn't, and it wasn't an aesthetic thing. It wasn't anything like that. It was this, but people think I'm very strong. So I should be strong. So I should be able to recover really fast. It was crazy, like how I internalize these things. And I didn't say them out loud. I remember, but like my friends rang me when my little girl was just under four weeks old saying, do you want to come for a run? We're going for a run tonight. And I was like, okay, well, if they're ringing me, then I probably should be able to do this. So I'll go. And oh my God, Sandra, I cringe because I'm like I could have done so much damage so much Mm -hmm. damage to myself and that's why I like now I'm like this is how you heal your body afterwards don't do what I did what I did was the most ridiculous stupid thing and I will tell you as a coach I would never have advocated any of my clients do that yes that's the headspace that I got into And it wasn't, as I said, it wasn't this like aesthetic bounce back. I've never been a a visual person when it comes to training. That's not why I train. That's not why I exercise. But it was that sense of I wanted to feel like myself. I wanted to feel like the strong person I had been. And I felt like everyone else had kind of said that I should be. So I was like, okay, I better I better I better be doing something. And I look back and I go, oh, what? What? Not what an idiot. I did what I did, but I think that's why I'm such an advocate now for creating a really simple process to help women to heal, to help women to recover in a way that's really gradual, that's really progressive. And it's healing for both physical and mental. It's it's really bringing your body back and reclaiming your body in opposed to this whole notion of this bounce back crap. It's reclaiming your body and reclaiming your health and your wellness in a way that now works well for the season that you're in. So when you welcome a newborn, yes, oh my God, it is crazy like your time is not your own and it's just creating these little pockets that help you to heal because you have your body has gone through so much as a mom as during pregnancy, during labor that we need this time, not even to ourselves or for ourselves, but we it's a necessity to physically get back on our feet. But I wanted to create this really clear, concise pathway so that nobody else done the stupid things that I did and that they're not putting their body at risk. And instead, they're gradually strengthening up their body and at the same time building their confidence. Because when we like I said, when we when we are feeling good mentally, we feel that little bit better. And it's it's this pathway that I've i've been creating for that reason it's like it's like the past seven eight years are all coming together and i'm like no no more i don't want any other women to have to think the way i thought to have to i I want women to be able to like have their babies and then go i know what i'm doing because i know i know that there is a pathway and i know that it's not a case of do nothing for the first six weeks do nothing and then do everything which is because we have that six-week checkup and the doctor goes, yeah, yeah, you're grand. You're like, oh, maybe I should feel fine. Whereas in six weeks, you still feel like you've been hit by a bus, basically. So <laughs> if there's anyone out there who's like, oh my goodness, I'm six weeks postpartum and I don't feel like I should be able to do all the stuff that I did before, it's because you're not ready yet. And that is because you've just grown and birthed a baby. And having that sense of, it's not even control, but that sense of confidence in that you know that your body has gone through so much and you know that it, you can reclaim your strength again that it's just a gradual process it takes the pressure off it takes overwhelm off, it takes the stress off and you just start feeling a little bit more like yourself again but in the gradual way that really is the life of a new mom
0: And there's something you touched on there actually and it's the power of that word should. I should and myself and Kathy from the Swallows Trail talked about this on on, um, an episode previously in the, the season and it holds so much negative power really for a lot of people and you said it there you know like you felt like you should be out going out for that run when you were four weeks postpartum and you should be doing this you should be doing that and like that can hold so much weight for a lot of people especially postpartum, that you should look a certain way, you should be acting a certain way, you should be, you know, able to go for your walks and do do your workouts and all of this sort of stuff. And, you know, while also managing the new baby and balancing, you know, maybe balancing more than one child and also feeding yourself and taking care of yourself and taking care of the house and all these, all these shoulds. And that can put a huge amount of pressure and it can really add to the overwhelm as well. Um, because I suppose you're comparing yourself to other people, you know, they're doing this, so I should be able to do this as well. Um, but also not even the comparison piece, but you're putting so much pressure on yourself to do things that you might not be ready for. And it can, it can just be so powerful, so draining on your, your own, whatever resources you have, because like you said, you still feel like you've been hit by a bus, And all of a sudden, you're putting all this extra pressure on yourself as well to look a certain way, to do certain things, to, you know, be all of the things to all of the people. And that can be hugely challenging. And I think the fact that you are kind of, I suppose, showing these women that it doesn't have to be like that. And, you know, you don't have to give in to those shoulds. Um,
1: What I like to say a lot is focus instead of focusing on what you feel you should be doing, focus on what you can do. So you said there, like you're looking at Mary down the road and you're like, well, Mary had a baby about the same time and they're out walking the roads every day. And I feel like I should be doing that. But what can you do? Can you do five minutes of breath work? Can you do three or four minutes on the floor, pelvic floor exercises? Can you do a, a, a 10 minute walk? What can you do? And by can, I mean, what can you do physically? And what can you do logistically? Everyone has different setups. And really, you said it there, when you take the shit out of it. It it gives you back your own control again, because instead of thinking of all the external stuff, what other people are doing and again, what you feel you should be doing. It's like, well, what can I do? Can I do five minutes for myself or can I do 30 minutes for myself every 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 day and everything is different? I heard um, a really lovely quote recently on a podcast and they said rest is anything that brings us back to balance and we hear in the especially in those first initial weeks that you know oh mum should be resting again that word should mum should be resting but nobody's actually helping to give mum the time to actually rest they want to come in and hold the baby while we're like dragging ourselves around loading the dishwasher and all that jazz but rest is anything that brings us back to balance so what they were talking about was rest may look like physically resting, physically sleeping when we can. Rest might also look like calling a friend. Rest might look like doing a small bit of movement. Rest is anything that makes us feel just a little bit more balanced within ourselves. And I thought it was such a lovely way of putting it because, as I said, I advocate for like those first six weeks so many women have said that they will do nothing physically because they're afraid of doing anything that will negatively impact their bodies and then because the doctor gives them one thumbs up they're like okay right okay are we back to normal now whereas the way like I, I do a, a process on my online work which is uh the recovery process then the restore and then the rebuild and the recovery process is based around really slow short gentle gentle movements like on talking literally most of them is based around are based around deep connection breaths to help bring our pelvic floor back into action everything is really short and gentle and done in a way that it can actually help you to feel so much better and so much more re- well rested almost even though you're doing something that doesn't physically mean you're sleeping it's that element of doing this movement that actually starts to rehab and heal our bodies and that is so important even in those initial weeks and i know one lady was starting with me recently doing them and she's like how many week, how many days a week should i be doing these and i was like how many days a week can you do them and that's mm-hmm. that's really all it is is what what can be done and really focusing on that can you said it there mentally it just it lifts a weight off your shoulders when you focus on the can rather than the should
0: absolutely and i suppose in keeping with what can you do what what does self-care look like to you in your life Uh, i suppose on a daily basis but also if you are going through maybe tougher times what are the tools that you call on to um i suppose help help with um moving forward
1: um well i look i'm I'd say people might have guessed by now, but for me, massive, massive self-care is just movement and movement can look like anything. Movement could be a walk. It could be a home workout. It could be I've started Gaelic for mothers and others now. Like I would have played uh, football in hurling for 20 plus years. But since I had my first child, I actually haven't played anything like that. And I started back at it this year. Oh, my God, self-care and a half. Like I come away from those training sessions. We train once a week and my face hurts more than any part of my body because I laugh so much during those those sessions so for me self-care is very much based around movement it's what I love to do but it also does bring me back to balance and getting back to like playing football now just in the past month or two like I I know that that social connection is it's such a huge form of self-care and it's something I really really missed I suppose when babies are small and you're very tied to nap times and feed times and you're like I don't I have two best friends we all we've eight children between us there's like three babies three toddlers and the rest are slightly older and we have not been able to meet because we all have different nap times everyone has different nap times it's all it all doesn't work so it, it especially when you're in that that early season it can be really difficult but for me movement is is absolutely my top priority and it's the 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 biggest thing that keeps me balanced and I know if I'm having a day where mentally I know that I've hit a real low and I hit them every now and again it's actually only a couple of weeks ago I hit a real low and I I know that I'm I'm down at my feet or I'm down in the pits when I literally I'm like I can't step outside the door to even go for a walk and it's a horrible horrible feeling and I know if I can even just get five steps outside the door I feel so much better but it's like I need somebody to and I, I'm not saying this li- uh, literally to push me out because normally I can catch it on time. And I'm like, right, OK, I need to get out, get a bit of fresh air. I need to need to move my body. It feels much better. But if I just sometimes if sometimes I get tipped over the edge and I start hitting rock bo- bottom a little bit, it's very hard to kind of edge your way out. Mm-hmm. So for me, I would let that happen quite an awful lot before. Whereas what I do now is when I feel myself kind of on a little bit of a downward spiral, I'll say to anybody, I'm like, Oh, I'm not feeling great today. Cause before I wouldn't have been able to put my finger on it. I'd be like, Oh, but I, you know, nothing's literally wrong. I don't know what's wrong. There's nothing that I can put my finger on. That's making me feel not great. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll just be fine and I'll never be fine. It's, and, and it's very much a hormonal thing as well. I, I hit real lows. Um, But now I know just when I feel that little spiral just be like, I don't feel great. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's happening, but I just don't feel great. Oh God, that's a relief. And already you have somebody to go, All right, okay. You know, I noticed you weren't feeling great. I wasn't sure I thought you were in a bad mood, but it's right, okay, now we know what it is. And literally just that little release kind of stops stops it in its tracks. Um, but for me, self-care is movement is key and I kind of, I think I kind of just said it there, like before I would have left myself, get into little negative places and I wouldn't have reached out at all. Whereas now, if I I, I reach out very quickly before I hit those negative places. And for me, that is it's just the biggest tool that I have. It's it's not foolproof. Um, You know, sometimes you miss it. You miss the cues and you hit that little that dark spot and you just have to kind of claw your way out a little bit as well. But uh, that is definitely key for me. And as well, actually, seeing that we're hopefully there's some other new mums listening to this. Sleep, dear God, <laughs> sleep. So, like, even with my third, with my second, like, with my second or middle little boy, he did not, God love him. He was the most lovable, gorgeous little boy ever. He never closed his eyes for 12 months, he just did not sleep. And we had a toddler, so our two year old, who thought five o'clock was the perfect time to wake up at in the morning. So myself and my husband were, oh, my God, the whole year, like, I don't like we we now even joke. We're like, are you tired or are you 2018 tired? We're like, ah, no, we're not 2018 tired. No, no, not that bad. But sleep is such a huge, huge key as well. And I even like we put down a really hard year that year. And this year then, or la- last year, I suppose, now at this point, when our little baby, um she went through about seven, eight weeks and I was feeding her myself that she didn't sleep. The only way she would sleep is if I was set upright and had her attached to me and I absolutely it mentally it broke me and mm-hmm. I tried actually a few times to reach out to what well, I felt I was trying to reach out to the healthcare professionals but looking back I was just wanting them to look in my eyes to see how
0: mm.
1: how in the horrors I was and luckily we actually spoke with a sleep consultant for a finish I was like I can't do this anymore and and that helped us with that but when it comes to motherhood and parenthood sleep deprivation i find is a huge trigger for me Mm
0: -hmm. in
1: a negative sense um so what we are doing now even our little girl she's actually not not bad but what we did is so romantic we split the nights one one stays in with our little girl one stays out and what i would suggest is to any anyone who's maybe listened to this who's expecting a baby is come up with a contingency plan like come up with a plan if baby isn't sleeping what can you do to try and lessen the effects of it and it might be a case of if you're feeding baby yourself and you you are kind of tasked with the nights is there can your partner because the mental load is crazy can your partner organize somebody to maybe just come in the next morning for an hour for you to get a kick, or can your partner save the baby and just call you when they need a feed what like it's unromantic it's crazy but you know what's worse is eating the heads off each other because you're absolutely broke with tiredness so yeah sleep massive massive thing come up with a contingency plan first and whatever works best for you works best for you don't listen to the oh you're giving them bad habits don't listen to just mind yourself mind your mind literally um when it comes to those newborn not even newborn uh baby and small small kids kind of phases
0: absolutely and just something you touched on there as well you know don't give in to the shoulds (laughs) <laughs> don't don't give in to oh you should be doing that you shouldn't be doing this you know like what what you need to do you will know you will know yeah. what you need to do for your child and for for yourself and self-care looks different to everybody and you know if you need sleep you need sleep you know it's, it's not that you shouldn't be taking that time to rest because you know there's x y and z needs to be done you know take that time for yourself and I think actually that's a lovely point at which to end the podcast today. Um, so thank you so much, Shelley, for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast. Oh, Sandra, thanks so much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at Mind Your Mind Pod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week. And in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.